Glory to his name. Didn't we have a good time in the Holy Ghost this morning? Can we rejoice in what the Lord has done? Hallelujah. What a beautiful time in the presence of the Lord. So much to be thankful for. So much for which to be thankful. And uh, I want to honor all those that have put uh, so much time and effort into a successful campaign launch. And uh, we, are now, uh, in, we are now in the thrust of the Ready Now Capital Campaign. And uh, I am ready now, folks. I was, um, I was dreading, uh, really, I was dreading having to take a trip uh, right before the campaign. Uh, just because I was so eager to get to the campaign. But the Lord blessed us while we were uh, preaching overseas. And uh, there was a tremendous move of God that took place in London uh, when we dedicated the Great Life Tabernacle in Croydon. And uh, that, too, was a miracle. And it, and it inspired my faith as I stood there and saw what the Lord had done for Life Tabernacle and Bishop and Sister Francis. And I just felt the Lord kind of whisper in my ear, it's coming to Cincinnati. It's coming to Cincinnati. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And we give God the praise for it. And, uh, but we missed being here, and, uh, and we are so grateful for what the Lord did uh, this morning and what he's doing tonight and throughout this uh, campaign. Uh, I do want to ask us to take a moment here and pray for some special needs. One, I want us to pray for Brother and Sister Witt and the Witt family. Uh, they lost their son who who had battled cancer for some time. Uh, they lost him yesterday, and we need to hold them up in prayer that the comfort and grace of God would come upon them. If some of our ministers could just gather around Brother and Sister Witt and their family right now, we're going to pray for them in the name of the Lord. Let's do that together as a congregation. In Jesus' name, Lord, we pray the comfort and the peace of God upon Brother and Sister Witt and their family. Lord, right now in the name of Jesus, that you would speak peace to their hearts. Lord, we thank you that you paid the price for us to be saved. We thank you that you've gone to prepare a place for us that where you are, we may be also. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would speak peace. Hallelujah. Just as you did to the winds and the waves. I pray that you would speak peace deep into their spirit, oh God. Give them that settled, that settled knowledge oh God that you are with them and that you will ever be with them even under the ends of the world that you will be with them we thank you oh God that you are our creator we thank you oh God that you are our savior we thank you oh God that you give us a hope beyond this life hallelujah blessed be the name of our God Blessed be the name of our God. We thank you for it, Lord Jesus. We thank you for it, Lord Jesus. Can we praise the Lord for that right now? <laughs> Hallelujah. He said he will not leave us comfortless, but he will come to us. Thank you, Jesus. And I want us to pray right now for baby Eliana uh, Williams. Uh, this is Brother Aaron and Sister Jesse Williams, sweet baby that we've been praying for because she was born uh, tremendously premature, uh, but the Lord has kept his hand on her and brought her out of, of such dire straits. And uh, today she was having to take, she was had to, they had to take her to the hospital today. But we want to plead the blood of Jesus over that precious child right now in the name of Jesus. Lord God, 
in Jesus' name. Touch baby Eliana right now. We ask in Jesus' name that you would heal. You pray, God, that you would refresh and restore in the name of Jesus. You, oh God, have begun a good work in her. And we are confident that you will perform it into completion. Hatta shanamaha. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Complete it, oh God, in her body. In Jesus' name, give peace to Brother Aaron and Sister Jesse right now in Jesus' name. And let the overshadowing banner of the love of God be upon them, we pray in Jesus' name. Deliver them, oh God, from anything the enemy would try to bring against their family. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen and amen. Let's clap our hands unto the Lord and shout unto God with the voice of triumph. Come on, let's do it. Let's open up our mouths and just shout praises unto our God. Hallelujah. Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb of God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I will invite your attention to the book of 2 Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1 and we will read uh, verses 2 and 3. Thank the Lord. 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 2 and 3. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. According as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life, and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. Hallelujah. Through the knowledge. And I want to preach to you a message this evening entitled The Multiplication of Grace and Peace. The multiplication of grace and peace. Let's go to the Lord together one more time in prayer and ask his blessing upon the preaching of his word. Lord, we enter this sacred moment of declaring your word. I pray, O oh God, that as the word goes forth, that your word will find good ground in the name of Jesus. I pray, O oh God, that you will send it forth to accomplish that where to you send it. I pray, Lord, that it would find good soil. Wherewith seed can be deposited and take root, O oh God, and to grow up as a fruitful vine in our hearts and in our lives. I pray, Lord, that an anointing would be upon your messenger as I preach your word. Help us to receive it, we ask in Jesus' name. And everybody said, in Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you in the name of the Lord. I again want to just say thank you to everybody who uh, participated in uh, the launching of our campaign this morning's service wasn't that a beautiful service from start to finish and and I, I wish that I could just go like go down the list and just start naming names but in all honesty there were so many uh, moving parts and there were so many things that were done everything from the from the the the, the staging of the videos uh, for prayer guide and Family devotional and uh, and then of course the videos of the past Walnut McMicken Vine Street Colerain Avenue Montgomery Road and uh, uh, and then the singing and the songs and the song selections and the, the ones who who sang the songs and played the instruments and uh, and and prayed the prayers you know and made the phone calls I mean this folks this is a whole church effort all hands on deck. 
Every, every shoulder to the plow. Amen. And it's only going to continue in such a great way. And so we're going to continue to give thanks to those that are, that are doing that and to the Lord who is enabling us to do that. But uh, we love and appreciate all of you. And the beautiful packets that you received, the communications team, Sister Melanie, a lob singer overseeing that. And uh, Brother Charlie and Sister Liz Tierney oversaw our uh, challenge services team and that orchestrated the service today. Just, just amazing, amazing things. And we are in for great things. And as the song uh, was sung this morning, greater things, greater things, uh, we are knowing that the Lord will bring to us. Amen. What beautiful words, grace and peace. These words ring true in the hearts of the believers. If I speak to you of grace and of peace, uh, it's not lost on you, ladies and gentlemen, what I'm talking about. It is, it is by grace you are saved through faith. And you know what it's like to live a life without peace. And you know what it's like for that sweet peace of God to settle on you when you need it most. And so I'm very thankful to be able to preach to you about grace and about peace. Our world needs grace and peace. The people that we run into, that we have conversations with, they, they need grace and they need peace. And so it's a, a privilege to be able to speak about a gospel that is focused on providing grace and peace to the lives of those that hear it, receive it, and believe it. Grace is the favor of God. And, and specifically, I want to give you this definition, specifically the divine influence on the heart and its reflection in the life. The divine influence on the heart and its reflection in the life. Can I tell you that when there is a divine influence on our heart, it will always reflect itself in our life. And it may not reflect itself completely at the beginning. There t comes a time of maturity where an individual uh, begins to learn how to allow the grace of God to operate through them. But, but rest assured that as that grace of God touches the life of an individual, it will have an influence on the heart and it will begin to reflect itself in the life of that individual. Now some people have falsely uh, labeled grace in a certain way saying that, uh, that grace uh, enables people to live however they want to live. Uh, grace gives them some kind of license uh, to do things that are uh, of a fleshly nature. Uh, this is not the case. That word license is, uh, is the root word for the word licentiousness. And that's really what they're saying. They, they, they're really saying that they want a, a way to have both. That God is great, Jesus is Lord, and have a license to live how they want to live. And so it puts then others in a position of saying, no, that's not the case. And then they try to slap some legislation on that mindset and try to, and try to uh, legislate them away from that. And so you have these two polar opposites where where there is uh, licentiousness on one side and there's legalism on another side, when, when actually it's a spiritual work that delivers us from our fleshly ways. 
And, and it's the grace of God that does it. It's the grace of God does not give us license to do wrong. The grace of God delivers us from the desire to do wrong. The grace of God has a divine influence on our heart. The grace of God brings an influence on our heart that we cannot manufacture in and of ourselves. It's not within our power to, to, to create spiritual desire. It's not within our power to create some kind of a wholesome mindset. But it is within the power of God. And if we will delight ourselves in him, he shall give us the desires of our heart. He will remove the desires from you that are destructive to you. I'm going to say that again so that I am made perfectly clear. God will supernaturally remove destructive desires from you. Now you may have tried for years and years to get past this and get over that and stop doing that and stop going there and stop hanging around these folks. I'm going to tell you something. If you'll turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face. Woo, hallelujah. There is a supernatural power that will come upon you and that divine influence will touch your heart. And when that divine influence touches your heart, it will begin to reflect itself in your life. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the grace of God. And so that, that, that's how grace works. And it is the favor of God. See, the beautiful thing about the favor of God and the challenging thing about the favor of God is this. The favor of God cannot just rest upon anybody. The favor of God is reserved for the wholesome and for the holy and for the pure and for the upright. And so guess what that does? That cancels all of us because none of us in ourselves are wholesome and holy and pure and upright but I'll tell you who it doesn't cancel it doesn't cancel Jesus because Jesus is holy and Jesus is wholesome and Jesus is pure and Jesus is upright and so Jesus was able to obtain the favor of almighty God as a man that's why there is one mediator one God and one mediator between God and men the man Christ Jesus and he obtained the favor of God now we call grace the unmerited favor of God the unmerited part is not necessarily the definition but the favor of God, yes. Now here's, here's why we call it the unmerited favor of God. Jesus merited the favor. Jesus earned the favor. Through obedience, he earned the favor. Through resisting temptation, he earned the favor. Through being obedient unto death, even the death of the cross, he earned the favor of God. He earned it. He worked for it. He dotted every I, crossed every T, lived the life that was depicted by the law of God, and he was upright in all of his ways. He had clean hands and a pure heart. He satisfied that question who shall abide in thy tabernacle who shall dwell in thy holy hill he that hath clean hands and a pure heart and that my friend is Jesus that 
was merited favor of God. But what did he do with that favor? He turned to all of us who were sinners, undone, without hope, without any any inkling of hope in this life and said I'm going to give you the favor that I have earned I'm going to pour it on you all you have to do is repent of your sins be buried in my name and I will fill you with the gift of my spirit that's where unmerited favor comes because I don't deserve this I do not deserve the Holy Ghost. I don't deserve to be able to stand before God in judgment as an innocent and blameless person. I don't deserve it, but thanks be unto God. Thanks be unto God who hath given us the victory. And I love the word. We used it twice in our text. Through our Lord Jesus Christ. So the grace of God comes upon us favor, the divine influence in the heart that becomes a reflection in the life. Peace. Peace. Now we, if I were to say, you know, give me a definition of peace, uh, you might try to give me an example of it. You know, some folks might say peace is fishing. Some folks might say, you know, peace is just, just relaxing with a glass of sweet tea and, and uh, I don't know, you just, whatever, whatever makes you relax and and chill out and just just breathe deep and and some people like it warm some people like it cold and some people like it just you know some people like the outdoors some people like the sand and the water some people like to hear the birds some people just like to hear the hum of the air conditioner stay indoors they don't want anything to do with the outdoors it's just you know whatever floats your boat but that's really all symptomatic what, what, what peace really is, is wholeness. It's oneness. It's being at one and, and being set at one again. So, so the opposite then of peace is when we are divided, even among ourselves, when our soul and our spirit is divided against one another, when our body and our soul is divided against one another. So, so we, can, we can lose our grip on peace when our soul is trying to go somewhere that our body won't go. So, or when our spirit tries to go somewhere. I'll give you an example. If your mind is dwelling on your past mistakes and failures, you are not going to be at peace because your body is in 2018 and your mind is in 1990-whatever. And you can't be at peace if, if you're divided like that within yourself. So, so, so peace has to do with being at one. You also can't be at peace when you're divided against another person. When you have division against somebody and you have ought against somebody and, and you, and you don't, and you don't, uh, you're not one with them as you are to be one with them. Then there is, there is a, a, a lack of wholeness, a lack of completeness, a lack of peace, oneness in your life. So you, you. In order to have peace, there has to be wholeness. That's where serenity comes from. That's where tranquility comes from. And I'm going to tell you, it is superior to any circumstance you might be facing. It's bigger than anything you might be facing. This is why Jesus walked out to the bow of the boat, looked at the storm, and said, peace be still. 
Now, I always thought that was redundant because I was like, doesn't peace mean be still? And doesn't be still mean peace? I thought, what is he trying to say there? But it, it dawned on me. He was speaking peace to the emotions of the disciples. But he was saying be still to the storm on the waves. See, see, when you're going through a storm, God can give you peace in, as the song says, the midst of your storm. So the waves can be tossing and the winds can be blowing and the lightning can be flashing and the thunder can be rolling and you can still be whole unafraid you hear what I'm saying unafraid whole one with God standing in the middle of your storm saying it is well with my soul it is well with my soul so so grace and peace is a beautiful thing and Peter said to the Jews to whom he was writing he said grace and peace be multiplied unto you so grace and peace can be multiplied now it is multiplied through the knowledge of God. That's how grace and peace are multiplied. They are multiplied through the knowledge of God. They're not multiplied through trying to, trying to be at peace. They're not multiplied through efforts at peacemaking. Do you know how many peacemaking efforts and peacemaking missions our top diplomats have made to the Middle East? And there is this, there is this ever-pressing quest to create peace among mankind. Everybody's calling for peace. Peace. The Bible even says that the more they cry for peace and safety, then come a sudden destruction. The world doesn't know how to achieve peace because peace can only be multiplied through the knowledge of God and through our Lord Jesus Christ. And until, and, and until they stop rejecting him, and until they stop trying to silence him, and until they stop trying to chalk him up with the rest of the religions that exist in our world, he's not one religion among many. He is the one living God who created all things. Glory. And until they accept that and receive that, they will search in vain for peace. Peace and grace are multiplied through the knowledge of God and through our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And so Peter said it is to be multiplied through the knowledge. So, so there's multiplication of grace and peace. There's also addition, addition that can be done through grace and peace. And the Bible describes how we can add. And, and, but, but there is an element where adding turns into multiplication. And it has to do with spiritual growth. See, when you, are, when you are beginning your walk with God, you're in the business of adding. But as you continue your walk with God, you, you begin to enter into the, into the dimension of multiplication. And 2 Peter 1 deals with this. There's a lot of math in 2 Peter 1. And I am not a mathematician, so bear with me. I can handle addition and I can handle multiplication. But if we get into trigonometry, I'm going to have to hand this over to somebody. But notice what 2 Peter 1 verse 5 said. He said, beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue. Hallelujah. And add to your virtue knowledge. And add to your knowledge temperance. And add to temperance patience. And add to patience godliness. And add to godliness brotherly kindness. And add to brotherly kindness charity. 
Okay, now we get, now there's a reason why it's listed in that order. It's not just randomly selected a bunch of, oh, let's find another good word to put there. Oh, brotherly kindness, that's a good word. Let's, put, let's throw that in there. Godliness, everybody likes godliness. Let's just throw that one in there. How about faith? Yeah, that's a good one. Virtue, yeah, that's a good one. No, it's line upon line, and it's precept upon precept. So this is the order with which these things are established in our lives. It starts with faith. And you add to your faith virtue, the purifying power of God. Hallelujah. It starts with faith in him, faith in the gospel, faith in the sacrifice of Calvary, faith in the blood of Jesus Christ, faith in the power of the Holy Ghost. It starts with faith. And if you'll start having faith and putting your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, then God will send virtue. And that virtue is the sanctifying fire of God. It is the virtue of God, the purifying power of the Lord. And that purifying power of God will go down deep inside of you and it'll burn what needs to be burned. I said it'll burn what needs to be burned. It'll burn out your pride. It'll burn out your carnality. It'll burn out your fleshly thinking. It'll burn out the lusts of the flesh and the lusts of the eyes. Hallelujah. Anybody sanctified here tonight that can testify with me that if you open your heart to the Lord he will send a mighty virtue into your spirit glory to God hallelujah and you can add to your faith virtue and so then you add to your virtue knowledge this is an accumulation of knowledge this is why it's actually natural it's actually spiritually natural for a new believer to want to consume the things of God why because they are accumulating knowledge they are pouring through the scriptures brother Enos I think about the young lady who received the Holy Ghost in Germany years ago believe her name was Kathy and she she was received the Holy Ghost and I've told the story before, but she received the Holy Ghost and she got involved with the bread program. And the bread program, if you're not familiar with it, is a program that takes you through the reading of the scriptures so that you can read the whole Bible in a year's time. And it gives you a systematic way of reading it to where you can really understand what the Bible is saying. And, and so she started and she couldn't put it down. She read Genesis, Exodus, Num- Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges. That was she started on Sunday, and by Wednesday, she was into Judges. When, brother, when she brought it to church, Brother and Sister Enos said, Wow, wow, that's really amazing. You got a lot read in just a few days' time. She said, You don't understand. Before I received the Holy Ghost, I wasn't able to read. She said, I had a severe dyslexia to where the, num- the letters would, would move around on the page and the words would switch spots and my eyes weren't able to focus. But when I received the Holy Ghost and I opened up the Word of God, the words became flesh for me. I began to see with my own eyes what the word of the Lord was saying. And I can't put it down. That's what happens. You add to your faith. It starts with your faith, but you add to your faith the virtue, the infilling of the Holy Ghost. And when you add to your faith virtue, then you add to that virtue knowledge. Eat it up. Eat it up. Get as much as you can. Read the Psalms. Read the Proverbs. Read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Read 
the Torah in the name of the Lord. Read the major prophets and read the minor prophets and read the Pauline epistles and read the, the, the general epistles and read the book of Revelation and read, read, read and pray and read and pray and ask God for revelation. Soak up the knowledge. And what's going to happen is that knowledge, oh hallelujah, and that knowledge, ladies and gentlemen, that knowledge is vast and it begins to produce temperance. Now, it's very important that you let temperance be the next part of the foundation. Sometimes people will want to move from knowledge and jump over these boring things like temperance and patience and get godliness you know, be like God. I want to. I want to. I want to have a godly nature. The problem is, is that if you if you skip temperance, and if you skip patience, and try to try to squeeze godliness in where it doesn't go in the foundation, then you'll never be able to fit brotherly kindness or charity. So, so you've got faith, virtue. And you've got knowledge, but because you wanted to skip the boring stuff like temperance and patience, you, you've got godliness, which isn't godliness, it's a form of godliness. But because you put it out of order, you deny the power thereof. So, so temperance and patience are lacking Godliness is squeezed in there unnaturally and, 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 and not in a way that is edifying to you. And you totally miss brotherly kindness and charity. And that's why there are a lot of mean people who think they're godly and they're not. They're mean. They're, they're just mean. And, and they can quote the word. My goodness, they can quote the word. And they've got an experience. They can point to when they got the Holy Ghost. They got, got the Holy Ghost on such and such date, such and such time. And they believe in the death, burial, and resurrection. And all that's down pat. Yeah, faith, virtue, knowledge. And then, oh, godliness, I want that. Just squeeze that in there. Forget temperance. Forget patience. Forget brotherly kindness and forget charity. You can't forget that stuff. You need all of it and you need it in order. You need faith and you got to add to faith virtue. You add to virtue knowledge. You add to knowledge temperance. You add to temperance patience. You add to patience godliness. You add to godliness brotherly kindness. And you add to brotherly kindness charity. Which is the greatest of these. Hallelujah. And notice what the scripture says in verse 8 of 2 Peter 1. If these things, whoo, hallelujah. If these things be in you and abound, they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacketh these things is blind. And cannot see afar off. And here's the scariest part. And hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Wherefore, the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you shall never fall. For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. 
Glory. Glory. Hallelujah. 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 See, see, it's important that these things be in you and abound so that you will not be barren or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Because if that knowledge can come to you, then grace and peace will multiply. And you'll move from adding to multiplying. Hallelujah. You were adding faith, virtue to faith, knowledge to virtue, temperance to virtue, to knowledge, patience to temperance, godliness to, to patience, and brotherly kindness to godliness, and charity to brotherly kindness. You were in the business of adding, and you add and add and add what needs to be added. Don't add what doesn't need to be added. Don't go into some kind of, of, of heresy and add some stuff that doesn't belong. Don't go into some false doctrine and add a bunch of stuff that doesn't belong. And don't subtract things, for goodness sake, but add what needs to be added, line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little, here a little, there a little. Get it where it needs to be. And when the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ comes, you'll be fruitful, you'll abound, and grace and peace will multiply in your life. This grace will multiply. Hallelujah. And that grace, that divine influence upon the heart, that divine influence on the heart that reflects itself in your life will multiply and you will then become gracious. You'll be kind. You, you, will, you will be like Jesus. You will treat people with respect. You will treat people with the love of God. Hallelujah. You will treat people with an affection. Hallelujah. That comes from the God of heaven. And the same grace wherewith God hath bestowed on you his love. You will bestow on others the love of God. I am always convicted. Whenever I feel my flesh rise up. And I want to have some animosity towards someone the Lord has gotten me into the habit of him checking me saying how many times could I have held something against you and I wouldn't hold it against you how many times have I could I have held a grudge against you and yet anytime you walk into my presence I don't turn a cold shoulder to you I don't treat you like you don't exist I don't walk away from you because you haven't been what you need to be at all times instead I open my arms to you I give you an eternal love I give you an ever abiding love now I want you who have freely received to turn and freely give I want you to do it I want you to go and love the way I have loved you the grace of God is multiplied the peace of God is multiplied I, I, I am I am I am I am, I am fascinated with the scripture. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. Folks, if, if you're anything like me, you are in constant need of perfect peace. I mean, you know, our minds can go a thousand different directions. 
and and the devil is constantly pulling on our mind to get us over here distract us with this distract us with that and 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 he'll have us worried about something we don't need to be worrying about he'll have us afraid of something we don't need to fear he'll have us lusting after something we shouldn't even be thinking about he'll have us he'll have us harboring feelings about somebody that we should be loving and praying for and caring for and our minds become distracted. And so, so I want you to know that God is in this with you. Notice how the Bible says it. It doesn't say, keep your mind on him and you'll have perfect peace. That's not what it says. It says, God will keep us in perfect peace. Whose mind has stayed on him. God is going to put his hands around me and keep me. In perfect wholeness and oneness and completeness if my mind has stayed on him. So I'm gonna, this is what I'm doing. I'm saying, God, you know my mind. You know it better than I do. I need you to keep my mind on you. I need you to keep my mind on you. Now, I'm going to do my part. I'm going to have good godly music playing. I'm going to have good godly preaching playing. I'm going to have good godly relationships. I'm going to have good godly fellowship. You can take this whole world, but give me Jesus. I don't want the junk of this world. I don't want the nonsense of this world. I'm going to do my part. But Lord, I need you to step in there and say, I see you are trying to keep your mind on me. I'm going to keep you in perfect peace. How do you think that those apostles walked into those terrifying circumstances and had perfect peace? They weren't like superheroes. They were human beings, but they were kept by God in perfect peace, in perfect wholeness, in perfect completeness. And they just walk in with their minds stayed on Jesus. I woke up this morning with my mind stayed on Jesus. I woke up this morning with my mind Yes, stayed on Jesus. I woke up this morning with my mind. Oh, stayed on Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Oh, I woke up this morning with my mind. Just stayed on Jesus. Yes, I woke up this morning with my mind. Oh, stayed on Jesus. Yes, I woke up this morning with my mind. Oh, Lord, stayed on Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Can we do it one more time? Well, I woke up. This morning with my mind, Woo! just stayed on Jesus. Yes, I woke up this morning with my mind. Oh, stayed on Jesus. Well, I woke up this morning with my mind. Oh, stayed on Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. A hallelujah. Well, I woke up this morning with my mind, and it was stayed on Jesus. Well, I 
woke up this morning with my mind and it was stayed on Jesus. Well, I woke up this morning with my mind and just stayed on Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Woo! Hallelujah! Hallelujah! I want you to know he is able to keep you. I want you to know he is able to keep you. He is able to keep your steps from falling. He's able to keep your mind from wandering. He's able to keep you in perfect peace. Woo! Yes, he is. He'll keep you from worrying about the future. He'll keep you from fearing what the doctor's going to say. He'll keep you in perfect peace. Oh, yes, he will. Oh, yes, he will. You know how I know it? Because I know God like that. I have a knowledge of God. Glory. Glory. Yes, Lord. Somebody say, yes, Lord. Somebody say, yes, Lord. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. He's able to do it. He's willing to do it. I said, he's able to do it. He's willing to do it. Glory. What will make you strong in the Lord is the knowledge of God. The more that you know of God, the more grace and peace will be multiplied unto you. Grace and peace are multiplied through the knowledge of God. And the way you gain knowledge of God is by experiencing God. I'm not going to preach much longer. Just, just, I, I'm just going to go through this. Okay, listen. Abram goes through a battle. Has to gain, has to retrieve Lot, his nephew and his family. He wages war and wins the battle. He meets Melchizedek. In Genesis, in Genesis chapter 14 and verse 18, Abram knows about God. But in Genesis 14, 18, the Bible says, Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought forth bread, wine, and he was the priest of the most high God. That's the first time God was called Elyon. Abraham enters this experience and finds that God is Elyon. Hallelujah. The most high God for the very first time. Genesis chapter 15 verse 2. Abram is greatly troubled because he is expecting that God will bring him a child. But he goes childless. In verse 1 of Genesis 15. After these things the word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision saying. Fear not Abram I am thy shield. 
I am thy exceeding great reward. And Abraham said, Lord God, what wilt thou give me, seeing I go childless? And the steward of my house is this Eleazar of Damascus. This was the first time the word of the Lord referred to God as Adonai. He goes from Elion in Genesis 14, 18 to Adonai in Genesis 15, 2. Abram in every test of his life, in every battle of his life. One was a real fist-to-fist, weapon-to-weapon, face-to-face battle with the enemy. The other was an internal torment of fearing that he would go childless all the days of his life. But in each of those battles, he learned something more about God. He's my Elion. He's my Adonai. Every battle that you face, every test that you encounter, every difficulty that you walk through, you're going to gain more knowledge of God. And it's in that knowledge of God that grace and peace will be multiplied unto you. Moses stands before God. This is the first time in Exodus chapter 3 that we hear God referred to as YHWH. Hallelujah. He says to Moses, I am that great I am. You go tell Pharaoh, I am the great I am. And he lets Moses know that Abraham knew me, but he didn't know me by this name. This is a name that you're hearing for the first time. We read that name in Genesis 2 for the first time, but it's revealed in Exodus 3 for the first time. The next time you're standing before a burning bush and you feel like your past is preventing you from stepping forward into some kind of a thing that God would call you to do an anointing that God can place upon your life you remember that that's when Moses gained knowledge of God that he didn't have when he was 20 he didn't have when he was 30 or 40 or 50 he didn't have it when he was 60 or 70 but at 80 years of age he gained more knowledge of God and grace and peace are multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God It was in Exodus 17 that the Lord brought healing, or that the Lord gave the Israelites victory, rather, over the Amalekites. And when Israel battled against Amalek, God gave them victory. And the Bible says the Lord was called that day Jehovah Nissi. The Lord is our banner. Hallelujah. In Exodus 15, they drank of the waters of Mirah. They could not drink of the waters of Mirah because they were poisoned waters. They were were making the people sick. And Moses grabbed the tree and he threw the tree into the waters. And the tree healed the waters. In Exodus 15, 26, for the first time, he is called Jehovah Rapha. I am the Lord that healeth thee. See, you're going to go through things in life where you're going to learn you're going to learn that the Lord God is your healer. You're going to go through through things in life where you're going to learn that the Lord God is a banner. You're going to go through things in life where you're going to learn, hallelujah, that the Lord God is your Adonai. He is your Elyon. He is your El Shaddai. You're going to learn just like Abraham did when he walked up to Mount Moriah and he laid Isaac down on the altar and was prepared to sacrifice him. But the Lord was way ahead of the curve. He had already 
provided. I said he had already provided. I'm going to say it to somebody who might be sleeping on me. He had already provided. I'm going to say it to somebody that needs to hear it again. He had already provided. And when Abraham saw the ram rustling in the thicket, he rejoiced to see the day of the Messiah. And he called the name of that place Jehovah Jireh. The Lord is my provider. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you something. When you gain knowledge that he's your provider, when you gain knowledge that he's your healer, when you gain knowledge that he's your banner, when you gain knowledge that he's the most high, when you gain knowledge that he'll never leave you nor forsake you, when you gain personal life experience knowledge, That he loves you with an everlasting love. Then grace and peace will be so diligently multiplied unto you. That when somebody walks up to you and says, I don't think I can make it. You can look at them with the blessed assurance of an elder. And say, you're going to make it. Come on, go on through the trial. Go on through the test because God is giving you knowledge of him. And when you are having knowledge of him, grace and peace are multiplied. They're not added, they're multiplied. There's a difference. Eight and eight added is 16. Eight and eight multiplied is 64. There's more of it. If you're adding grace and peace, you got 16 milligrams of grace and peace. But when you're multiplying grace and peace, you got 64 milligrams of grace and peace. I've got so much grace and peace from every trial, from every battle, from every experience, from every test where I learned to trust in the Lord with all my heart. And lean not to my own understanding. But in all my ways, act knowledge. Him. Glory to God. The first time the Lord is called Jehovah Rohi. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Psalm 23. The thing so beautiful about Psalm 23 is it was written by a shepherd. Hallelujah. And he, I don't know how it happened. I don't know when he wrote it. I don't know. Maybe he was, maybe he was leading his sheep beside still waters and leading them in a path for his own sake. And maybe he was laying them down in green pastures. Hallelujah. And maybe he was restoring them and refreshing them. And then maybe he went down into a valley of a shadow. And perhaps they got a little worried. And he could see some of their 
trepidation and hesitation, but he knew they were all right because he was with them and his rod was there to guide them and his staff was there to, to lead them and they didn't know that everything was okay, but he knew that everything was okay and then all of a sudden it dawns on him, my goodness, what I'm doing to these sheep and what I am for these sheep, that's what God is for me. I'm these sheep's shepherd, but the Lord is my shepherd. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So you know what? I think this whole thing with Saul chasing me, I think it's going to be all right. I think I'm going to be all right. Grace is multiplying in me. Peace is multiplying in me. Because every day I learn more about God. Every day when I think I'm going to, it's going to be over, but it's not over. Every day when I think I'm going to be done in, but I'm not done in. Everything, every day when I think my enemies will overtake me, but when my enemies and my foes came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and they fell. More peace was multiplied because I learned more about God. My knowledge of God increased and peace and grace was multiplied. You want to know, you want to know why David only cut his robe? That was so gracious. Because when he had it within his power to inflict harm, his mind went back to his knowledge of God. How many times could God have inflicted harm? And he wouldn't do it to me. So I won't do it to him. Grace was multiplied. He just cut off a piece. And repented for that. Begged God to forgive him for that. Oh God. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. The more you know about God. The more. Your speech will be seasoned with grace. Always with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how to answer every man. Yeah, the more you know about God, a soft answer turneth away wrath. The more you know about God, you begin loving those that hate you. The more you begin to know about God, you begin to bless them which persecute you. The more you know about God, hallelujah. You hear what I'm saying? The more you know about God, grace and peace are multiplied unto you. Could you just lift your hand and receive it right now at the hand of God? Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. 
Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. <laughs> yes, Lord Jesus. Yes, Lord Jesus. Yes, Lord Jesus. Bless your name, oh God. Bless your name, oh God. Bless your name, oh God. Woo, bless your name, oh God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. But they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, bringing every high thing that exalteth itself, hallelujah, against the knowledge of God. That's what happens. The enemy begins to exalt himself against the knowledge of God. Don't let him do it. You hold on to what you know about God. I know that he's a healer. I know that he's a deliverer. I know that he has forgiven me I know that he's washed me in his blood I know that he's filled me with the Holy Ghost I know he's got a place prepared for me that where he is there I may be also bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ hallelujah I want everybody who's got a high thing exalting itself against what you know about God I want you to stand to your feet right now lift up your hand and say God let my mind stay on you let my mind stay on you come on lift up your hands to him right now say Lord let my mind stay on you let my mind and my heart and my spirit Lord stay on you let it be centered in you oh God thank you Jesus Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, Peter. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Don't look at the waves around you. Don't do it. I know you got some waves around you. I know things at home are kind of distressing right now. But keep your eyes on Jesus. I know things at the workplace are, are difficult right now. But keep your, keep your eyes on Jesus. I know relationships are troubling in your life right now. But keep your eyes on Jesus. And you'll walk on water. You'll walk on top of the thing that should drown you. You'll walk on top of the thing that's trying to suffocate you. You'll walk on top of the thing that normally would have dominion over you but your eyes are on Jesus and when you keep your eyes on Jesus he'll keep you in perfect peace oh hallelujah when you keep your eyes on Jesus he will keep you in perfect peace hallelujah I believe there's some folks right now You've got some things pulling at your attention and your focus. And they're trying to distract you from the knowledge you have of God. I want you to come right now to the front of this place and say, God, I'm not going to let anything pull me away from focusing on you. Come on, in the name of Jesus. I don't care what it is. If it's friends, if it's relationships that are out of order, out of sync, or if it's, or if it's some stress nagging the back of your mind some kind of an, a compulsive, compulsive worry that you can't seem to shake I want you to bring it, bring it, bring it to him right now, bring it to him right now say God I'm giving this to you my Bible tells me you will keep me in perfect peace when my mind is stayed on you I need you to center my mind right now, I need perfect peace, I need grace and peace to be multiplied unto me in the name of Jesus, come on bring your finances to God and lay that burden down to the Lord and say God I need you to give me peace about this right now, I want you to bring your family crisis to him right now and say God I don't know what to do with this, I don't know how to help this or handle this, bring it to him and lay it down at his feet in the name of Jesus. 
Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Woo. Come on, grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God. Hallelujah. Woo. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord. And don't you don't you be afraid. Cause joy comes in the morning. Troubles they don't last always. Oh, there's a friend in Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Who will wipe your tears? Wipe your tears away. And if your heart is broken. Just lift your hands and say, oh, 